Hey, can we give it up for this worship team one time? That felt kind of weird because I was on the worship team tonight. Anyhow, <laughs> hey, how you guys doing tonight? You guys doing good? Who loves, who loves fall back? It gets dark early. Who loves spring forward? Give me more sunshine. Let's go. I want more sunshine. I want like, here's the thing. It's like I surf, and so typically if I surf, I surf after work. I mean, it hasn't been happening anytime lately or anything, but like when I do, it's after work. So I can't, I can't beat the sunset when it's fall back. I could beat the sunset when it's spring forward, you know what I'm saying? So when I voted yesterday, because you know your boy voted, like don't talk to me about politics if, you, if, you ain't, if you're over 18 and didn't vote. Like, I don't care what you have to say. You didn't do something about it. You didn't use your voice. You didn't use your vote. I got my little sticker and everything. I got two stickers, actually, to be honest. I didn't vote twice, but uh, vote, it matters. But uh, I love spring forward. I love the sunshine. I was worried tonight that like a bunch of people would be super late because they're like, well, like it's the, you know, the time, and they'd be all confused, but here you guys are, and we're stoked that you guys are here. Hey, if you're here for the first time, maybe you've never uh, been to our church, or maybe you've never been to church in general, uh, welcome. We don't take lightly that you chose to give us some of your time. Like time is so valuable, and yet here you are. So thank you for coming and spending some of your time with us. We like to say every single week we're here to build you up, not, yeah, it never gets old because we really do. We love you. We back you. You don't have to believe to belong here. Hey, if you got your Bibles open to Galatians chapter 5, uh, maybe you're brand new to reading the Bible and, and you don't have one, that's all right. We're going to have the verses up on the screen for you. Or maybe you're new to reading the Bible and you got a paper Bible. Galatians is in the New Testament. The Bible's broken up, Old Testament, New Testament. Go to the New Testament, go past Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, keep going. You'll eventually find uh, Galatians chapter 5 is where we'll be at. Um, can I just say really quick, we have the best leadership team in the world. And we love you. Hey, come on now. I'll take it. Like, we, like, I love you guys so much. And at the same, I mean, we do, we have the greatest leaders. But those of you who are like, we welcome new people every week because one of our favorite things is meeting new people. But for those of you who are like die-hard bridges, like you're here, rain or shine, fall back, spring forward, don't matter. Like you could lose your left leg and you would hop to church. Like, can I just say like, we love you so much. I love this community. I love this family. And, and tonight we're starting a brand new series that's all about this community and this family. It's about who we are, um, who we are as a church who we are as bridge youth, who we are as, as the bridge, but also who we are as Christians and, and who we should be as Christians. I, I said on Sunday, and I'll repeat right now, this will be, um, for those of you who are Christians, a challenging series. You will be challenged in this series. But if you're like me, you are open to challenge. Like if someone says you can't do something, typically you're like, well, now I got to do that. Um, Earlier, I was here. I was over here in Eli saying, "Oh, I got to wear number zero in uh, for my basketball team because that's how many people could guard me." I'm like, "Come on, brother, just speak it into existence." I stopped being able to guard you like three years ago. Man, I just can't. No, it is what it is, uh, man. And and if you like a challenge as a Christian, this series is going to be for you. We are going to grow together as a family. But maybe tonight you're like, well, okay, I'm just going to tune out because I'm not a Christian and this is a, this is a, a series about Christians. This is the perfect series for you to be in on because really what you'll get to see is, is what you would be getting involved with 
if you were to commit to being a part of this family and a part of this community, you'll get to glean in on what it means to be a Jesus follower. And so I'm really excited about this series. Uh, this series is likely going to take us all the way to the end of the year. We are two months away from 2019. Where's the class of 2019 at? So when I just said that, did you immediately get stressed or you're like, oh God, like, where's the class of 2020? Look, if we don't have flying cars by the time you graduate, I'm coming for you. I'm going to blame you for that. This is a series we're entitling, This Is Us. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for who you are, God, and thank you for this series, and thank you for this community and this family, God. Um, really, it is, uh, in this day and age, it's, it's, it's kind of a rarity, and, and God, thank you that we have this community, and we have this, uh, we have this place that we get to call home, and we get to call our, our, more than our friends, our family. God, I pray that throughout this series, would you stretch us, grow us. God, those of us who call ourselves Christians, would you literally help us to be more like you, Jesus? I pray, God, that as we dig into your word, God, that we would literally allow your word to shape and mold us, God, that it wouldn't just be um, more information, but rather, God, it, it would bring about life transformation. If all this talk is, is just a talk, then it's pointless and it's worthless, God. So help me get out of your way so that you could come and you could speak. God, let these words be yours and not mine. God, I guess just give the Raiders really good draft picks because dear God, but thank you, God, that my NFC team, the Saints, beat the Rams in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. There's like a brand new person, like they're a Rams fan. Everybody's like, uh, uh, he's usually not like this. I'm so, actually, he usually is like this all the time. <laughs> hey, um, let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Uh, is there anything that you would be able to point out unique about you that makes you you? Right, like right now, I would say for David, my man David, who was playing bass guitar, every time I've seen David, I was like, Cruella DeVille. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is, man. I love you. You're the best ever. That's what I've been thinking, my man. Also, you're joyful and loving and passionate and compassionate and, and artistic and creative and all that stuff, too. But also, 101 Dalmatians. Don't come after. I voted, I voted yes on improving animals' uh, habitats and holding facilities. So you come after these pup pups, I'm going to get you, bro. And about it. <laughs> Someone's like, did homeboy just use the word pup pups? Matter of fact, I did. Um, I, I went on a deep sea fishing trip. You see that segue? <laughs> Transitions, right? I went on a deep sea fishing trip with my stepdad one time. Um, it's really like, to the best of my memory, it's one of the only like father-son things that we ever did. And, and we go to this deep sea fishing trip in Mexico. His friend who was a Christian, they had like this men's retreat. And so they invited my dad and myself. So we go and uh, there was an awkward moment when we got there because we, we walk into what would be our hotel room for the next four or five days to find out there's only one bed in this room. And it's tile floor, so there's no option of like, I'm gonna sleep on the floor. Now for some of you, you're like, what's the big deal? Share a bed with your dad, no big deal. Um, a couple things. Number one, that my dad's not like that. <laughs> He's not that guy. 
my dad is basically the polar opposite of me in every single way. Basically, like, imagine if Sasquatch had a kid that joined a biker gang. That's my dad. Like, he is hairy head to toe. He's got a huge goatee, bald head. He's like six foot three, 250 pounds, manly. Like, he's got a Superman tattoo on his bicep. Like, first of all, I don't, I don't know about that. But second, like, like, that's my dad, right? And so us sharing a bed was awkward to say the least. The second thing you need to know is that I am a cuddler through and if, if I am asleep, it doesn't matter what, who is in that bed, they're getting cuddled. Like, it could be me all by myself. And my puppy's in the bed, pup-pup's getting cuddled. Again with the pup-pup, Corey, cut it out. What is this? Come on now, you're better than this, man. I know. Like, so, just get the picture. My dad, he's like, hey, Corey, he, I would think we'd be like, all right, let's figure out a game plan. Call the front office, get a cot, get something, let's figure something out. No. We both, extremely awkward and uncomfortable, just don't talk about the situation. Who's like, yeah, that's me, like bottle up all the feelings and never talk about it, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, oh, just stuff it all down. And so we don't talk about it. My dad walks in the room, he says, hey, uh, I'm gonna go take a shower, get ready for bed. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm pretty tired, I'm gonna lay down. I lay down and fall asleep before he comes back out of the bathroom. The next morning, I wake up to my dad on his side of the bed, perfectly straight like this, just eyes open, staring at the ceiling. To me, on both sides of our bed, just over my dad, like legit. And it was like, maybe the most uncomfortable moment of my life where I had to go, um. <laughs> good. good morning. Good morning, Pops. <laughs> He's like, son. I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go potties now. <laughs> like, oh, like I was so uncomfortable. Like, oh, I, I really wish my dad was here tonight to introduce because you would then feel a bit more of the discomfort that I felt. Like, cuddler is for sure one of the words that would be used to describe me. What does this have to do with your message, Corey? Absolutely nothing. I just wanted to throw this out to you guys. No, like, here's, here's the preacher segue. What word would people use to describe you? Maybe you're a cuddler. Like, where's all the cuddlers at? Like, yes, all the cuddles ever. Where's people like, don't touch me. Stay away. I don't know you like that. I don't For the past nine years, Amber has been so blessed to be married to me. Such a blessing. All right, you guys are going to be like that. Okay, it's going to be a long night then. <laughs> Amber is a cuddler, and she, she's the like physical affection, love me, like put your arm on me, hold my hand, like all of that, until we lay down in bed. And she's like, it's hot, I don't want you around me, get to your side of the bed, move it, or I'll murder you. I'm like, I just wanna, I just want cuddles. And she's like, no, like, okay. You think that's funny? So who, do you, who remembers that story? Oh God, it's not for tonight though. My shoes untied. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was untied. I got it though, no worries dude. I ain't tripping tonight. What words would be used to describe you? Now let me ask you, like if you had to choose one word to describe you, what word would you choose? 
All right, now let's talk about this. If other people had to choose one word to describe you, what word would they use? Now, now would the word you choose and the word other people choose, would they be the same word or would they be different words? And if they would differ, why? Here's the thing, I think that most of us, it would differ because for the most part, we all wanna be the hero in our own story. When we watch movies, we immediately relate to the star and the hero. All of us are like, I'm Captain America. I, I am Spider-Man, like I am actually Spider-Man. I am Hawkeye, I'm Iron Man. Nobody watches Avengers and goes, I am the five foot one nobody who gets vaporized in New York City, that's me. You watch the credits and it's like, dude who gets vaporized in New York City. I relate with that guy. Good old John Doe. Like, no, we're all the hero in our own story. Now let's take this and let's apply it to the church. I, 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 need, a, I need an assistant really quick. Let's see, let's see. Kale, come on, bro. Look, get on up here. I love you so much, Kale. You're the man. Let's go. You're welcome. Yeah, if you go to Student Venture, you get pizza. If you don't, then you don't. All right, here's what I need. I'm going to be saying some words. I like your ring, bro. Let me see that. That's, oh, that, oh, that's what's up. All right, so this is going to be first. When you hear me say words, you just got to write them down for me. Try to keep up as best as you can, all right? All right, let's talk about this. Let's, for a quick second, have a dialogue as opposed to just a monologue. What words are typically used to describe Christians? What I want you to think about is when you turn on the news, when you go on social media, when you have conversations talking about the general uh, public uh, that is called Christians, what words are typically used? Just shout them out. Don't be shy. Judgmental. Hypocrite. Overbearing. That's a word right there. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Hypocrite. Hey, let's get a let's get a Quincy. Come on, come on up here. I got a second marker. Help me out. That's okay. Yeah, I can tell what it means. Just do what you're doing, bro. <laughs> Just start out and slowly fade away. We'll know what you mean. All right, we got judgmental, hypocrite, over. You, you stay on this side though. Uh, overbearing. You just switch back and forth. You, you hop on there too, Quincy. What was that one? Hateful. Weird. Crazy, discriminating. Here, you, you, you guys both just write at the same time. Just write whatever you hear, kind of switch back and forth between the two. Hateful, weird, discriminating, judgmental, hypocrite. What else? Throw them out. Unnecessary. Dang. <laughs> Call me unnecessary. Extra sure, write it down. What else? Huh? Pushy, for sure. I had this guy come up to me at the movies one time. I was on a date, not <coughs> with Amber. Uh, and, and this guy walks up and he says, hey, read this card. And, and let, me see, let me see a pen real quick. The card said, and he said, what does that say? And the girl, the girl I was there with said, it says God is nowhere. And she's like, he's like, all right, what do you think it says? I said, I think it says God is now here. And he goes, are you a Christian? And I go, yeah, I am. He said, what are you doing not witnessing to all these people at the movies? They're all going to hell and you're not saying anything. So pushy. Amen. All that to say, pushy. <laughs> Keep going. What else? Couple more. Intrusive. Yeah. Huh? I heard, I heard something over here and then I went completely silent. Boring. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Extra. Extra. Yeah. Couple more. There's no wrong answer. Homophobic. Homophobic. 
Yeah, write down, definitely write that down. What else? A couple more, then we're going to move on. I did not hear, I heard, Chuh! <laughs> they are definitely, <laughs> all right, now let's transition. What words should be used to describe Christians? Loving, free, just start writing them down as you hear them. Delightful, free, inclusive, delightful, inclusive, happy, accepting, accepting, Generous, peaceful, wait, did someone say loving? One more time. Loving, yeah, I love that, loving. I love that, I'm so loving. Couple more. Huh? Family? Family? I actually didn't hear you at all, I just saw. I think she said family. Either that or Emery or poopery, I don't know, it's one of them. Loyal, yeah. Thoughtful, is that thoughtful? Is that what I heard? Yep. One more, uh, dependable. Put a uh, Raiders fan down for me. <laughs> hey, can you guys do me a favor? Give it up, give it up for my two helpers right here. Thank you guys so much, I appreciate it. Cap, cap those pens for me, just put it right there. All right, now let me ask you this question. I wanted to actually this, tonight give you a, a visual on this and now ask you, when it comes to the words typically used to describe Christians and words that should be used to describe Christians, why is there an inconsistency between the two? Now, now in this moment right now, that's a rhetorical question. A little bit later, we're going to get into connect groups where we're going to break into smaller group settings and actually discuss that. So if you're one of the people taking notes, write down some of the reasons why you think that, that there's an inconsistency between the two. And I would tell you that um, there's a couple reasons why there's an inconsistency between the two. And, and we're going to talk a bit about that tonight, but... But probably what many of you guys have experienced is a moment where, where you go to somebody and as a Christian you say, hey, would you want to come to church with me? We got this, this thing called Hype Night, we got Fall Fest, Man, we, we're hanging out every single week. Would you come to church and, and hang out? And often they'll say, no, church is not for me because, and they start throwing this stuff out. But if you've been a part of this community for any amount of time, you know that we're not, we're anything but judgmental. Whenever it gets a time in the service where we say, how many of y'all have messed up, made mistakes, and sinned? All of us are like, like so fast. Like we throw our hands and like we admit like we are not perfect in any way, shape, or form. And when people say like weird, all right, yeah, like we'll give you that one. But like, <laughs> like hateful, like no, like if you've been a part of this community for any amount of time, you know that hateful is the last word that people would use to describe us and boring, like, yo, have you been to a hype night? Like, we are anything but boring people. And, and so what you've experienced is an inconsistency between what people think church is like or what people think uh, Christians are like and what you've actually experienced as a church-going Christian. And, and often the words I hear used to describe our community by people who've actually come to our community is this. Now, there's a handful of reasons why I think there's inconsistencies. I think there's inconsistencies in part because, let me lay it out like this. If you're a movie critic and you're going to critique a movie, what's the first thing you do? Watch the movie, right? 
But we've got a lot of movie critics in the world that ain't never seen the movie, but they want to critique that movie. AKA, they've never actually been to church, but they think they know something about something they've never experienced. That's why often I'll challenge people, give us three weeks. Come hang out for three weeks. And, and, and if at the end of three weeks, your opinion has not changed, all right. But what I see is that a lot of people are critiquing a movie that they've never seen. Or they give in to what the media has said. In media, there's a saying, if it, if it bleeds, it leads. Meaning if it's negative, it's hateful. If someone's died, if someone's been hurt, then that is what will get you the best rating. And media is all about making money. They get the money from the ratings. So don't listen to everything you hear on Fox News or CNN. Because often that stuff is all about money and all about ratings. But also I think that some of it is because sometimes the church is these things. And like every individual, we like to think of ourselves as the hero in our own story. So often when somebody says something about the church, we'll immediately come to the defense of the church as if we've never made any mistake. This series is going to be much about taking the eraser, that proverbial eraser, and starting to cross off some of these things and saying, all right, if anyone's ever thought that we were, we'll just leave weird. We'll actually just... Just do that with weird. <laughs> it is what it is. Normal people are boring anyways. If we've, ever, if we've ever been called hateful, we'll say, okay, well, what can we do to not ever be called hateful? And, and what this series is going to be about is literally going step by step in the things that we fall short in. So that we're not always thinking of ourselves as the hero, but rather we're saying, how can we grow? How can we become better? Why, why is an, what, what's another reason why there's an inconsistency? I'm glad you asked. Here's, here's what it is. It says, because when we're asking this, I think we need to come down to the question, who are we and who should we be? And if we're missing it in some sort of way, how can we grow? Here's what it says. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. So already we have something to go off of. We are people guided by the Holy Spirit. Some of you may not know who the Holy Spirit is. It's just God. The Holy Spirit is God. It's how he interacts with his people. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So let's just get this out of the way really quick. One of the reasons why there's an inconsistency between the two is because every single human being who's ever stepped foot on this planet has a sinful nature. And actually in Galatians calls it a war, calls it a battle, like calls it an all out cat fight between your sinful nature and the spirit. And there's this butting of heads. And so often when people say, oh, well, Christians are hypocrites, I'll just tell them, yes, you're right, because people are not perfect, not even Christians. And when people say, well, I, I don't, I'm not going to go to the church because Christians are hypocrites. I just tell them, yeah, we got room for one more. Come on in. And isn't it funny how, like, illogical that logic is? I don't go to church because there's hypocrites there. Well, do you, like, not go to the gym because there's unhealthy people there? Like, you, you, do, you, do, do you not go to school because some of the people at school are dumb? Like, <laughs> Josh. Amen, brother. Preach that. Like, that logic is so preposterous. And, and yet it's so true that we all have a sinful nature. None of us are perfect. So what, what does the sinful nature look like? I'm glad you asked. 
Like, I didn't ask. Well, I asked for you. Galatians chapter 19, we're moving on right into the next verse here. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Isn't that so true? Like, when you look at someone's life, you, get, you often just be like, ugh, yeah, not so much. Like, it's very clear. Here's what they are. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. Quarreling's like you're always gossiping, you're always causing trouble. Like when you walk into a room, it's just tense and there's dissension. There's quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild party, and other sins like these. Tonight, this is not our focus, all the things that we shouldn't be, but I wanted to include this part in the, in the story and in the narrative tonight because I wanted a clear, um, out in the open, this is what we're not. But tonight we're going to talk specifically around what we are. And moving straight on into the next verse, verse number 22, Galatians chapter 5, a very famous piece of scripture that's been uh, come, come to be known as the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Over the next two weeks, we're going to be breaking down these nine attributes known as the fruit of the Spirit, starting with number one. For all of you note-takers, I love you so much. Anybody get one of the free journals? Let's go. Thank you, Rachel Alardo. You're awesome. Thank you, Nathan, for throwing the bridge youth symbol on the front of that. Here we go. Uh, point number one for you note takers is love. Everyone say love. Come on, a little bit more Disney-like. Everyone say love. Right, please don't pop your hip like that when you say love, Corey. I won't. That'll be the last time, I promise. Love. Um, so in our language, we have one word for the word love. And, and in the... In, the Greek, in the Greek language, which is what the New Testament was written in, there's actually six words for the word love, and there's four of those words that are used in the New Testament. See, we have the same word love for I love ice cream. And it's the same thing as I love my wife. And how many of you ladies know there's a difference? There's a big, gentlemen, for those of you in the room that are like, there's a difference? I don't know. Like, just don't date yet. Just wait it out. There's a big difference between your love for ice cream and your love for the lady of your life. Like, there's a big difference. But we only have one word. And so often, love will end up losing its meaning because we only have one word. There's four words for the word, um, for the word love in the Greek. Here's what they are. Number one, we got phileo. Everyone say phileo. All right, so phileo is, uh, phileo is like brotherly love or friendship love. Next, we got storg. Everyone say storg. It looks like storge, but it's not. It's storg. Storg is like a family love. It's, it's like the love that a parent will naturally feel for their child. Um, next, we got eros. Everyone say eros. All right, eros is the... I love my wife. I eros my wife, which is like a passionate, uh, intimate, romantic love. And then finally, we got one called agape. Everyone say agape. All right, agape is like, agape is unconditional, consistent, always perfect, 100% of the time, godly love. It's a love that humans are actually pretty much incapable of showing. So, 
when it says the fruit of the Spirit, and it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, take a guess which love it's talking about in that verse. You're right. Agape. So the love that's impossible for people to show is the one that it says that we need to show. Time out. So how are we supposed to do that which we cannot do? This is a great question. That's why it's called the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of the you try really, 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 really hard, self-will yourself to love people. Because here's the reality. Our love, our sinful nature, is like a daily part of our lives. If you've ever had somebody like sneeze on you and you're like, I will knock you out, like you're normal, that's a re like if you've ever been like, like at Chipotle and someone cut in front of you in line, it's game over, right? But, but, but that's why it's called the fruit of the spirit because what happens is that you need the spirit of God to cultivate this type of love in your life. This is why self-will love has yet to work. Like the world is out here saying love, love is the answer. Just love everybody all the time. And I think that that's a great step. And sure, it's a good thing, but it's not the answer or else it would have worked by now. What's the answer? Well, the answer is agape. It is God love that only the spirit of Christ can cultivate in the life of a believer that has said, Jesus, you come and you change anything about me that you want. See, agape love is different than every other type of love because it's not just about you self-willing yourself into loving people. It's about, it's about the spirit of God working on the inside of you. So what does agape look like? Agape looks like the disciples in the first century loving the people who persecuted and murdered them. Agape, agape looks like Jesus hanging on the cross and praying for the people who just nailed those nails through his hands and his feet. Agape looks like a man named Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. loving people who hated him and loving in such a real and a genuine way that it actually changed the world forever. And some of you might say, no, 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 see, that was just love. No, you know what the doctor in Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. stood for? You know what his doctorate was in? His doctorate was in systematic theology. Systematic theology is a pastoral degree. He was a doctor because he was a pastor. He was able to show that level of love because he had the spirit of God in him cultivating not self-will love. We're not talking about phileo or storg or eros. We're talking about agape love. And why does the whole world point to this amazing man and say he was different because the love he showed was different. It wasn't him trying really hard. It was him allowing the spirit of God to flow his love through him. This is who we are and this is who we should be. This love looks like loving people even when they gossip about you. Hmm. Even when they subtweet you. This, this love is loving people even when they hate you. This love is loving people even when they hurt you. This love is loving people even when he cheated on you. Oh, God, no, I love everybody else, but not him. His love is loving people even when they're racist towards you. 
even when they're sexist towards you, even when they're judgmental towards you, even when they hurt you, you look back at them and say, throw all the hate you want, but I love you and I can't help but to love you. See, this is why Christians, you can't be a Christian and be racist. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. You can't be a Christian and be sexist. You can't be a Christian and hate people. You can't be a Christian and hate gay people. You can't. You can't be a Christian and hate people of other religions. You can't be a Christian and hate people. Because coming in first on the list of the fruit of the Spirit is love. And we're not talking about standard, regular, or I love cappuccinos. We're talking about perfect, consistent, all the time, 100% of the time, no matter who they are or what they've done or where they've been or what they look like, love, always, forever, 100%. You are batting a 1,000. And some of you are like, I can't do that. Yep, you're right, you can't. That's why it takes Jesus, would you walk with me and would you cultivate this in me? Now, you might say, what does that look like, Corey? I have no idea. I really don't know. I can't tell you what this inward transformation looks like, but I can tell you, you know it when you see it. And when you allow God to work on the inside of you, he will cultivate love, agape love. Matthew 22, verse 37 says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. It's the first and greatest commandment. I love this part, verse 39. A second is equally, everyone shout equally, equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands, equally as important. This is why when someone says, I love God, and they treat people like garbage, I say, I don't really believe that you love God. I kind of side with, uh, with a guy named Cory Corey Booker, who was the ex-mayor of New York. He said, before you speak to me about your religion, first show it to me and how you treat other people. Before you tell me how much you love your God, show me and how much you love all of his children. Before you preach to me of your passion for your faith, teach me about it through your compassion for your neighbor. In the end, I'm not as interested in what you have to tell or sell me as I am how you choose to live and give. The world does not need to hear about the love of God. They need to see the love of God. And, and I love, yeah, that's what's up. Water break. I love, I love this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. Whenever I see, whenever I see a judgmental, hateful Christian, this is the verse I throw at them. If I have, this is a guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the books in the New Testament. We wouldn't have our faith if not for Paul. Here's what he said. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have what? Love, I am nothing. You can know every single worship song front and back. You can win the Bible trivia from first grade to 12th grade every single year, every day. You can be in, in your kids' ministry every week, in youth ministry every week. Go, all to the, you go to all the camps and all the conventions, and you can know all. You can do your daily Bible every single day, but if you don't have love, you are nothing in the kingdom of God. So don't talk. Don't talk the big talk 
of I love God. God, did you see what she was wearing? I cannot believe her. This girl's nasty thing is that. Did you see? I can't believe she would walk up in here wearing that in church. Can't you believe? Don't come. It's I love God. But I promise next time I see him, I'm going to knock him out. Don't come over to I love God, but I hate my parents. I cannot stand them. Don't come talking to me about how you love God and hate people. Because it said equally as important. You will have what? Love. Agape love. Who are we? We're a people of impossible love. And if we're known for anything at Bridge Youth, we will be known for our love. That when people point up at the top of this hill and say, you see that place? Man, they just love people. It's actually kind of weird how much they love people. You walk in the door and they're like, I love you. You're the best. I love you so much. I love your shoes. I love your outfit. I love your hair. I love everything about you. You didn't even jump in worship. But gosh, I love you. Well, I hate you. Well, I love you. Let's be that. Because what if we were that type of people? Let me ask you this. What if every Christian was that type of person? How different would our world look? If we're going to be known for anything, we're going to be known for our love. All right, that was the, the part where I wanted to really emphasize that first point. We're going to jam through these next ones, but next is joy. And if you're taking notes, point to joy. Joy is, um, joy is often confused with happiness. Happiness is a temporary feeling or emotion, while joy is more of a lifestyle or perspective. And joy is something that we always, always can have as believers. It comes in second on the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, don't you just love being around someone who's joyful? Like, when someone who's just so, like, so I, I was bragging on my boy Kale when he came up. Where'd you go, Kale? Wait, there you go. There you are. What I love about Kale is Kale is always joyful. Like, you see the dude, he walks in the room, and he's just like, Kale, yes. Like, you could be so sad, but when Kale walks in the room, it's like the sadness runs away. Like, you got to love people who are joyful. But what about the people who, you ever been around someone who just always has a problem about something or someone? There's always complaining about something. There's always another storm of life that's come around and things suck so bad and I'm failing this class and she broke up with me and I didn't make the football team and all my life is just so tip. And you know what's worse? is when those people are Christians. And they're like, my life, it's so bad. And my, my parents are mean to me, and I don't got any friends, and, and school sucks, and I'm failing all my classes, and I didn't make the team, and nobody loves so miserable. Wanna go to church with me? It's like, no! <laughs> I don't know what you got, but I don't want any of it. Now look, hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. I'm not saying as Christians we're never going to go through anything. Trust, you will go through tough stuff. You will go through things that are difficult. But joy is a perspective, and your perspective is up to you. Your perspective is your choice. Now see, here's how this is different when it comes to a lifestyle, is because when, when joy is a choice and it's a perspective, then you get to choose that your perspective is God is going to come through. Things suck right now. They do. They suck, and they're tough, and it's difficult. But I'll tell you what. My God is faithful, and he's going to come through. My God's a healer. He's a provider. He's my best friend. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. So it doesn't matter what's thrown at me, man. Let's 
go to the movies because I'm good. Because here's the thing, like, if you want to be a victim, you could be a victim. If you want to be defeated, you could be defeated. If you want to wear the, the number zero on your jersey and say, that's how many people could guard me. If you want to proverb, proverb, proverbally, proverbally, <laughs> metaphorically wear that, <laughs> then you could wear that and say, zero, that's, that, like, that's the issues of life that could touch me and bring me down because my God is so faithful. He's so good. And if worst case scenario, I drop dead, I get to go to heaven forever, perf perfection. Then if that is your perspective, all of a sudden you can have joy in every single season, every single moment, and through all of life. And can I just tell you that one of the greatest um, testimonies to God and one of the greatest evidences that someone has God in their life is someone who can go through some serious stuff and yet still have joy. And watch, watch, if you're that person, go through something tough, continue to have joy, and then watch people go, what's different about you? Like, like your mom died when you were 15 years old, and yet you were still singing every single week at church. Like Easter, you led a song. You, you, you still have a smile on your face. You're still an amazing friend. Y'all don't know, I'm actually talking about somebody in our community named Iris who lost her mother at, I'm sorry, 14 years old, and yet still had joy. Watch as you go through life and you go through tough stuff, and yet you are somehow still walking out joy. Watch people look in your life and go, there's something different about you. And you can say, yeah, his name's Jesus. And he walks with me through life, so I know that everything's gonna be okay. Those of you walking through, man, like, and don't get me wrong, if you've got stuff going on in your life, come talk to us. We're here for you, we love you, we back you, we'll walk with you. If you're a connect group leader, they're there for you. But boy, like, if it's every single time we ever see you, my question is gonna be, do you have the spirit of God in you? Because he produces love and joy. Love and joy. I think that this is why it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you can look at it and see joy even in trials, because every, every burden can be turned into a blessing. Every single trial can be turned into a triumph. Obstacles, all of a sudden obstacles, they're not obstacles, they're just opportunities. And you can have joy through it all. Number three is peace. Everyone say peace. Let me ask you, because often I, th I think probably what you're already gonna lean into is, okay, we need to have peace in our life. So no matter what I'm gonna go through, I got peace. Now let, let's talk about it in this way. When you walk into a room do you bring peace with you? Or when you walk into a room, do people get tense? Do people all of a sudden get anxious? Are people like, oh man, there they are. You know trouble's coming with them. When you walk into a room, what goes into that room with you? Because while I believe that the Spirit of God gives us peace to live out peace in every season of life, I think as the Spirit of God flows peace into us, peace should also flow out of us. And what God gives us, we should give to others. Do you have peace? Do you walk with peace? Here's the thing, peace, uh, the original word here for peace, it also translates rest. Where are you most at rest in life? At home, right? Ladies, like you know, like I get to be at home, sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. Like you know, I don't have to impress anybody, I'm at home. Like I get to, I get to relax and I don't have to be anything for you, I get to be myself. 
Also, here's the thing about home. Like, home, is, home feels safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I was uh, over last weekend, I was in Orange County for some, like, uh, camp and convention planning meetings. And, and I get into my hotel, and I walk into the hotel room. You know the first thing I do? I put that, like, latch, like, lock on the door. Like, no one getting up in here. <laughs> this ain't my house. I don't know. Like, I don't, right? Like, home just feels safe. Let me ask you. When it comes to people being around you, do they feel at rest? Like this, like this, like, do they feel that they can be themselves around you? Like the way that you are at home, where you get to be yourself, you don't gotta impress it, do people feel like that around you? Or do they think, no, like I can't be me because they're gonna judge me, because, because they're gonna, they're gonna talk, like this information, like home is safe, right? Rest is peace and peace is rest and rest is safe. Do people feel safe around you? Like your, the words they share with you. Do they feel safe sharing stuff with you? Or do they think, nah, they're going to go tell somebody. I'm not talking about just having peace. Do you give peace? Would, would peaceful be a word that people use to describe you? Because here's the thing. How can you be a disciple of the prince of peace and always be at war with people? Let me ask you like this. Like I, I had this guy come into our church a couple a couple years ago, he came into our youth group, and, and I, I, obviously I won't mention any names, but this guy came in, and, and the first conversation he had with me was, man, like, I got kicked out of, a, like, three different churches, and, and um, you know, I got uh, all these people are just out to get me, and, you know, the enemy is attacking me, and all that. And before long, what happened was that, was that um, issues here, like, he found his way into them. And, and it seemed like while he was here, Every, every single bit of drama, he was in the middle of it. Every rumor and every piece of gossip, his name was attached to it. I just remember him being like, yeah, like everyone's just out to get me and see, drama just follows me anywhere. I'm like, yo, drama follows you anywhere because like anywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> like you are the common denominator. So at some point we have to stop and ask, our, ask ourselves, and honestly, in this moment, be asking yourself, does drama seem to follow me everywhere? Now, don't get me wrong. Drama will circulate around people, especially those of you who want to be a leader. People will talk about you. The bigger your platform, the more critics you will have. This is totally true. But, like, does drama seem to follow you everywhere? Like, all the time. Any, do, are you constantly finding yourself in on every single gossip session? Every rumor seems to find your ear? Because if so, what you got to do is you have to stop and you have to say, all right, Spirit of God, what do I need to change? Change something in me. Because I want to be someone that people would point at and go, oh, peace. That like when you walk into a room, people literally feel better. Like they feel at ease. Almost like when your presence walks into the room, there's a, man, they're here. And man, if, if they're going to bring anything, they're going to bring peace. They're going to help me. They're going to walk with me. How can you be a disciple of the Prince of Peace and always be at war with people? But at the same time, I think that not only do we need to give peace, but we can have peace. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I know life comes and goes in seasons. And being a Christian doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect. And here's what I do know, that you can have peace through any season you go through. Whatever you deal with, whatever you walk through, you can have peace. On Sunday, we had a leadership meeting, and, and our team got together, and we're talking about end of the year and everything, and, and um, 
and Sky Padilla, one of our best leaders here at Bridge Youth. Bridge Youth would not be what it is if not for Sky and Johnny Padilla. Um, and she just started to share, um, she said these words, I remember so specifically, she said, this has been the hardest year of my life. Now for some of you, I just said that, and you, you know Sky, and you'd go, what? Like, hardest year of her life? Like Johnny and Scott, no, like they've been, like they're so awesome, like they're so great, like they have such joy and peace. She said, it's been the hardest year of my life. And if you didn't know some of their story, I mean, a lot of you knew because we walked this with them as a family. Uh, Sky's sister was diagnosed with cancer and she was walking through cancer and walked through chemo and all of this stuff. And it was a really long drawn out process. And a lot of us were walking with her and praying. We prayed for her and her sister on this stage and we've been believing in everything. And she said, and this year has been the hardest year of my life. And I just said, Sky, here's the thing, in front of all of our leaders and now in front of all of Bridge Youth, I want to say like, we would have never guessed. But you know why? Because Sky has the spirit of God living on the inside of her, where in the hardest year of her life, she walked it with such grace and peace, knowing God is faithful. And for those of you who are praying, Sky's sister has officially been, been pronounced cancer-free. How? How does someone go through the hardest year of their life and yet have peace? It's called the Spirit of God. Carlos, if, wherever you're at, buddy, if you could come play keyboard behind me lightly, make this moment feel more spiritual. So I'm going to need your help on this next one. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, then you'll experience God's peace. See, it's not peace like, like oh, I'm, I feel so chill and like, man, just chill vibes. No, this is peace that exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart as you live in Christ Jesus. And our last point tonight is patience. Patience. Isn't it funny how just about everything in life, if you attack it with impatience, it seems to bring destruction. Like, anyone ever bite into the bean and cheese burrito at school way too fast? And it's like molten hot lava explodes in your mouth and destroys your life? One time I did that and literally, whole top layer of my mouth was a blister. Like my, the roof of my mouth peeled. I didn't know I could do that. It's disgusting. Too much information, Corey, moving on. But like any bit of impatience seems to bring destruction. When like, when like, <laughs> ladies, when it's two days into the relationship and you're like, Oh my God, I love him. I love him so much. He's, I don't know what I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna explode. I love him so much. Like that's impatience and that will bring destruction, AKA they'll think you're weird and break up with you. Or like, or like, like you just take matters into your own hands and, and impatience often brings destruction. Who we are as a people is patient. Um, it's funny how the writer of Galatians uh, number, number four is it's love, joy, peace, patience. And then the writer of 1 Corinthians, when he chooses to explain love, which was first on our list tonight, he says the first thing he chooses to say is love is patient. So you know what that means? That means, gentlemen, when, when, when she walks into your life and she's not patient, you tell her, hey, kick rocks, because that's not real love. Ladies, when you got a guy coming into your life and he starts saying things like, if you love me, you will fill in the blank. Well, that's not patience, so that's not love. And you could say, yo, homeboy, kick rocks, because you don't know what love is. 
You know what else patience does is we cultivate patience in our life and the spirit develops patience in us. What happens is we then learn to be patient with people. Then all of a sudden that friend who came to church six months ago and got saved, yet they're still going to the same parties. You're not like, what's wrong with you? You're supposed to be a Christian like the rest of us. No, you're like, I love you so much. I'm just going to walk with patience as you journey through your faith journey. You have patience with people. All of a sudden when someone who, who looks different and acts different and talks different and believes different than you, your attitude isn't like, no, you need to change and believe what I, and be like me and have your, uh, uh, your whole life needs to look different right now. No, it's just, I'm just patient with you and I love. Also, patience means you can walk through any season of life knowing this could be one year, two years, five years, three minutes. I don't know, but I'm just going to walk patiently because I know that God is faithful. You can walk with such patience because the spirit of God with you, walking with you, helps you to realize everything's going to be okay. Who are we? We're, like patience isn't something we have. It's who we are. Love, it's not, it's not something we have or show. It's actually just who we are. We're loving. We're joyful. We're peaceful. We're patient. This is us. I pray that if there's any of these four things tonight that you would look and say, I don't, that's not me. My prayer is I'm closing, that you would say, God, help that to become who I am. Help, help me to become loving, to become peaceful, to become patient. Help me to be these things, develop these things in me. Because here's the thing, here's the thing about the fruit of the Spirit. It's fruit as in singular. It's not fruits as in plural. Because it's one fruit that has nine attributes. So unlike the gifts of the Spirit, God gives certain gifts to certain people. Some of y'all will never sing on this stage because you're not gifted in singing. All right? Like, and that's okay. God's probably gifted you with other things. That's fantastic. Most of the singers on this stage, they, man, I'll tell you, they... They don't know, like they wear their watches upside down and they don't even know what a calendar is. There is no organization in these artistic people. And some of you are, the, you are so good at that. God gives certain gifts, right? But when it comes to the fruit of the spirit, you don't, we don't get to say, man, I'll tell you what, I'm loving, but not patient. Like, I love you as long as you stay out of my way and don't slow me down. I love you so much till you cut me off on Myriad of Hot Springs, I'll tell you what. You don't get to say, well, you know what, like, I'll have joy and I'll have peace, but I just can't stand people. Ugh, like, I don't love people, sorry. No, you don't get to do that. I don't get to do that. We don't get to do that. As a community, we have to have the fruit of the Spirit, which means love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All of it. All of, we don't get to pick and choose. So tonight I pray if any of these four things are in your life or not in your life, that you would say, Spirit of God, would you develop them in me? And maybe tonight, here you are. You just came because a friend invited you. And all of a sudden, you, ex you came expecting all of this. And it's been so different. 
And it seems like tonight you're like, wow, they're so free and inclusive and generous. And this feels like family and feels very compassionate and extravagant. It feels so loving and open and loyal. They've been so thoughtful and happy and accept. And even this pastor, he's not what I expected. Amen. Got up on stage. Some people were like, who's this guy? Is he giving the announcements or something? Like, is, is he on probation and like... He's going to tell his testimony before the pastor comes. Like, it's been so different than what you expected. Can I just tell you tonight, most of you in this room who are in this room for the first time, you had some preconceived ideas about God that were so wrong. And you know who God is? He's loving. Did you know you're so loved tonight? The Bible doesn't even say that God loves you. It says he so loves you. Did you know that actually... God is patient with you, and you thought, he's mad at me. I've been partying. I've been doing this. I've been doing, I've messed up so many times. And God's just like, hey, it's okay. As soon as you're ready, here I am. My arms are open wide. I love you so much. And you expected something different. But tonight, your expectations have been blown out of the water. This is a family. And this is going to be your opportunity to say, I want to be a part of that family. This is going to be your opportunity to say, God, I feel like I'm experiencing something so much different than what I thought this was going to be. I don't know. I feel like I want to be a part of that. I feel like I want to have the type of peace that Sky Padilla had. I feel like I want to show the type of love that's impossible for me to show on my own. I feel like I want to have that joy and that peace because my life is falling apart and I'm just dealing with depression and I'm lost and I'm broken. I want that. Well, tonight it's available to you. And all of it starts by starting a relationship with Jesus. Not a book, not a church, not a pastor, not a membership with Jesus, a real man who loved you so much that he gave his life for you. So tonight, this is your moment. You're going to have that opportunity. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? This is a public setting, but a private moment. If tonight you're in this place and you would say, Pastor Corey, that is me. I expected something so different, but now what I'm experiencing, I want it. I want that. I want that love. I want that joy. I want that peace. I want that patience. I want a relationship with God. I want to know that the day that I die, that I'll be going to heaven. I'll spend eternity in heaven with God. This is your time and this is your moment. In a second, I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, I just want you to shoot your hand in the sky, because I believe that when we respond outside to what's happening on the inside, that it makes it more real to us. So this is it, this is your time, this is your moment. Tomorrow's promise to nobody. You wanna be a part of this family? You wanna receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? This is your moment. On the count of three, would you just raise your hand? One, two, three, all over this place. Man, hands going up everywhere. Anybody else? Anybody else? Man, I see your hands, keep them up just a second. Amazing. It's the best decision you'll ever make with your life. Anybody else? You can raise your hand still. Anybody else? Amazing. It's the best decision that you'll ever make with your life. You can put your hands down. The Bible says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. So that's what we're going to do. But since we're a family, we're going to all pray this together. Whether you raise your hand or you didn't. So I'm going to give you these words, but they're your words. Wrap your heart around them. And tonight... Based on God's promise, you will be saved. Would you repeat these simple words right after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, 
I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome people into our family right now?